I'm not gonna let David ruin my vibe. I am vibing. I am drinking Jeffersons. Nothing can stop me now. Except the Jeffersons. That'll stop you eventually. It will. It will. I'll pass out like halfway through it when we're talking about Dark Phoenix. Preferably. Oh, uh, I actually dropped Dark Phoenix. You did? Oh, thank God. I think so did the rest of America. <laughs> <laughs> well, my main thought is there's a there's always the chance this doesn't come out till like Sunday. Yeah. And by then, we'll, we might even have like a review up. I'm like, we'll just we'll save Dark oh, Phoenix it, till we can shit on it as opposed to the rest of the world. It's so such a disappointment that this is the last stand for X Men. Yeah. That, well, you know, this does look like the last day. It is. <laughs> on every single way and form. I, you know, this I think worse this than is the last day. Mm-hmm. When you're. Ooh. When something oh, is yeah. worse than a movie directed by Brett Ratner, you know you <laughs> fucked up. You know you fucked up. Oh, yeah. Hello, super friends, and welcome to Nerds for Normal People, the podcast that brings nerd culture to a normal world. I'm your master of the geekly arts, Daniel Dunstan. With me, I have assembled a team of experts to get us caught up on what we've missed while we've been away and also look a little bit ahead to the future. First off, we have my sister, Beth Dunstan. Hello, I'm so excited to be a soon-to-be Wulu owner. So happy. We also have other soon to be Wulu owner, probably David Hood. Nah, I'm gonna go Dreadnought. He's gonna kill your Wulus. Dreadnought also would look good, would be good. And then we have, I think, an Eldegoss owner coming up here Mm -hmm. with Bill Sheehy. No, no, no. Please call me by my God-given name, Ron Howard's son. That's actually all the only thing that I, uh, <laughs> that I answer to now. Either that or Opie. Either way is acceptable. So oh, thank geez. you. Thank you for dealing with me in this difficult time. And okay, we're, we'll just uh, move, move on, on from that. <laughs> We've been away for a bit, but before we look back at some fun stuff we missed, we want to look ahead... To E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, that is starting next week, Uh, though as has become the case, a lot of places are already having their own kind of miniature shows and leaking their own stuff uh, early. The first was, or the big notable one, was Pokemon did a Nintendo Direct on Monday or Tuesday, I think Tuesday maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. And they revealed a bunch of details about Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's coming out November 15th. Uh, they revealed some more Pokemon, including the Legendaries, which are, and this is going to be fun for Daniel, <laughs> uh, Zacian and Zamazenta. Mm, perfect. Uh, they are the Legendaries that I guess will be on the cover. They... Showed a few other things like Corviknight, which apparently seems to be kind of how you fly between cities. Dreadnought, as we've mentioned. Wooloo, who's an adorable sheep. And, you know, just a whole bunch of other fun Pokemon. I, I, I don't understand how a sheep can be a legendary Pokemon. Like, a it, sheep it, is not a legendary Pokemon. It's a regular Pokemon. I thought, I, my understanding was that Wooloo, or whatever the sheep's name, was a legendary Pokemon. 
I mean, I think I saw that on Twitter. So it has to be legendary to me. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) So he is a normal type. Okay, because I was very confused. I'm like, it has highly praised Um, fur and the following stats. Ability, fluffy and run away. The white fur that covers Wooloo's body grows throughout its life and will fully grow back in three months, even if it has been completely shorn. The fur is used in clothing, carpets, and other goods, and is very popular as a specialty project of the Galar region. Wooloo live as a herd and mimic the, the actions of their trainer or herd leader. They're as just- I said, legendary Pokemon confirmed. <laughs> They dislike conflict, and if they need to escape from enemies, they will simply roll away. So it's this generation's Mew, is what I'm (laughs) (laughs) I'm on board. (laughs) Look at that face. That's the face of a legendary Pokemon. It is. You can't convince me otherwise. (laughs) I'm just imagining you're on your horse, you're like... Or whatever your horse Pokemon is, you're on your pony. Say, you're on your horse. Like you're, you're You've on your. You've been po- playing a bit too much Breath of the Wild. <laughs> you're on your Rabidash. You're on, you're your, on your Rabidash. You're looking out over the field, and you see all these little panicked Wooloos like rolling down the hill in their big fluff. Like it's, they're the new fainting goats. <laughs> yes, exactly. The worst part about Wooloo is that every time I hear his name, I'm like, uh, I'm a big Frozen fan, and I hear woohoo. Big summer blowout. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't that make you love Wooloo? Well, it's a legendary Pokemon, so I automatically love it. So it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do we think of the game as a whole? Leaving aside Wooloo. I'll scroll past it on my monitor here so I don't keep getting distracted. You know, I, I, I'm just about to say, I'm very interested in this game. This game looks like it's going to be awesome. I'm intrigued, but at the same time, it's it's giving me kind of the same kind of graphics we've gotten for the past generation or so. So I know that you, I'm I'm not expecting like 4K, 1080p, whatever kind Especially of. Especially not because the Switch can't. Yeah, handle exactly, it. exactly. I'm not expecting that, but it just it seems like something that could be on the 3DS. It doesn't seem like this grand adventure that you want to play on the Switch, which. I know we've had games like that before, like with Colosseum and Gale of Darkness and stuff like that, but I I was really expecting something a little bit more graphically and something a little bit more that felt a little more grand. I don't know. It's probably just me. Uh, I haven't played a a Pokemon game since, I think, Omega Ruby. Um, So, But I'm really, really interested in getting back into it, and there are still things in here, like Wooloo, um, that make me want to play it again. Just because there, it's I don't know what it is. I every like five years or so, I get that Pokemon itch. So like it's it's really like I need to I need to scratch it soon. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna play it, but still like it just it doesn't feel like that next step in Pokemon but, that I was expecting. You, you talked a lot about the graphics, but when it comes to Nintendo, they don't really go all out on graphics at all. Well, no, they no, they no. always have I, more cartoonish characters. And I, I think, honestly, Pokemon works better with cartoonish art style. Yeah, so I, I, the graphics do not bother me in the least bit. But... I actually noticed in a lot of the concept art and designs, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of this seems to be sort of going back to basics yeah. for, for the Pokemon genre. I'm, I was just going to say, I'm hoping like they go back to basics when it comes to catching Pokemon and stop doing the Pokemon Go away. That being said... I, I'm assume- 
That being said, I am so pumped they're bringing raids into it from Pokemon Go. Hmm. Those four person mm-hmm. raids? Can you explain that to me? Because, like, I just played Pokemon Go, like, the first week it was out. And then <laughs> I realized I'm never going to be good at this, so why would I keep doing it? And then I stopped. And then everybody got much better than me, and then I stayed the same. So, like, what are the raids? The, the raids are just... Uh... Based on the tier, the, it depends on how good the Pokemon is. It's tier 1 through 5. 5 being legendary. 4 is typically being like Tyranitars and uh, higher level stuff. Like Right now it's like Tyranitar, Rhydon, um, a bunch of rock type Pokemon. Because there's a rock event going on right now. In case you're wondering when we're recording this. <laughs> yes, further data. Further data. And it, basically, it, it is a way to get rare Pokemon by teaming up to battle in these raids. Mm-hmm. And if you are a good player, you can do you can solo three star raids. And okay. B- bad players can do one and two star raid solos, but probably need a buddy or two to do three star and four star is typically a lot of them two good players can beat it, but four is probably what I'd recommend three or four depending on your level. Okay, and, and fives are legendary, so they t- typically depending on how high their defense is, it depends on how many you need for them. Like th- when they have uh, um, po- Pokemon that are high defense, like I think Regi Steel was a super high defense, and so it just took a lot of people to do it because it just the thing just wouldn't die. And what, and what? Yeah, it wasn't killing your Pokemon; it just wouldn't die. It was ba- basically the idea of raids are you have a timed event where you can go all go catch usually a bigger Pokemon of some kind, but it takes m- usually multiple people working together to accomplish it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And like, and like you, you know how you, in this um, Sword and Shield you saw the Pokemon be absolutely massive in these, in these uh, mm-hmm. four-person raids? The mm-hmm. same way in Pokemon Go. They were always massive, had a lot of health, had a lot of attack. They were so much more powerful, but then once you defeat them, they would shrink down. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So th- that whole four-person raid, they're taken directly from Pokemon Go. Which they probably gave the idea to Niantic, but... Or they took the idea from Ni- from Niantic. I do like that it's a kind of very... Uh, a varied experience. Like, you can play by yourself, but you can also go to the stadium and play against other players, but you can also do raids. I like that there's a lot of different options for how to play it, whether solo or with other people. Oh, yeah. I'm absolutely excited for this, and I really want to figure out more the starter typing because I want to know who I'm getting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I swear to God, that I, I always lean towards fire types, but if it's another fire fighting, I'm just, I'm gonna say fuck that thing. I've always been a water guy. I don't know. I, I'm usually a water guy, and I'm not just saying that because Sobble is perfection. Um, sir, I will not take that when Fraligator is right there and is perfect. You look at Savile's cute little sad face. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> My shiny Charizard what... will kill you. Okay, well, that's one. We agree to disagree, David. You can't beat a black Charizard. They're... Shiny Charizards are awesome. That's true, they are. They really are. I wonder if it's going to be something like... I remember the one that I always thought was most broken was Mudkip. Because, mm-hmm. like, it, the, like when once it evolves you're just like oh and now electric attacks do nothing i only have one weakness now <laughs> yeah but it was a pretty damn big weakness it was but still and, and, and it's sad because there was a pokemon that had that exact same typing a generation earlier and it was 
useless. <laughs> Which one was that? Quagsire. Oh yeah. He had the exact same typing, but he was damn near useless. He was indeed. I'm assuming I saw something where they were someone said like, "Oh, well, you know, Nintendo must have a big thing planned." It was something where they're like, "Oh, Nintendo's going to be announcing a lot at E3." Supposedly, their press conference is set for 45 minutes, and all I can think is that's not that long. Actually, no. like most E3 press conferences are like an hour or more. Yeah, 45 minutes. That's that's just basically saying, "Well, we told you a lot of the shit that's already coming out. Here's just a little bit more details about it." Exactly. Like they'll yeah. probably they'll probably go I, back into the Link game a little bit, talk about Pokemon some. I'm not, I'm not excited for this E3 at all. I am kind of because the Nintendo games that I'm looking forward to uh might actually happen uh besides link to the uh i'm not linking past link's, link's awakening, awakening yeah. yeah which there have been i've have heard rumors that a link to the past remake may be coming as well i don't know if oh. i believe that but if they're well, doing something they've already made basically all the assets mm-hmm. okay yeah if, if, if like through link's awakening if they do it that same style yeah. they're probably done my like big Nintendo E3 wish is um, I would love, I think I've talked about this before when they announced Leaks Awakening I would love a complete package of all the remasters they did on the Wii U or even if they did the 3DS ones mm. um, because I just feel like it, they've already made those games and they made it on a platform that could easily you could port it over to the Switch and it's games that people want to play still because it's Zelda and because people love Zelda, so I'm I'm hoping something like that. Would, I'm hoping so. Nintendo's sometimes weird cool. about yeah. Nintendo's sometimes weird about like this is the perfect idea for you, and they go yeah that would be fun, mm-hmm. and then they just kind of go and wander off somewhere. And you're like no 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 do this because it's the same as like when they did their paid service for online. They're like oh and we'll you know put up some free NES games you can play if you're like, oh, that's great. Like, they've got tons of great first-party NES mm-hmm. games, and then they do stuff like, here's volleyball. And you're like, that's <laughs> uh, not yes. what I was hoping for. The NES classic volleyball. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was a kid and I played volleyball. And it's it's just like, <laughs> they'll be like, we'll put up like three games a month. And it's like, but you've got like hundreds. <laughs> Here's True. the real question, though, Bill. Do you remember the all of the volleyball canon? Because that was very, <laughs> very deep. Pablo Hidalgo is actually very, very big <laughs> on that's volleyball where, canon. That's, that's where, where he's got to start. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The... <laughs> uh, I, you know, I've, I've heard that uh, once once he finally leaves the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Kevin Feige is going to build a whole other cinematic universe based on the volleyball story. Oh, oh good. <laughs> There's there's much to uh, there are many depths to be plumbed there. Now, definitely. Uh, if you guys don't know, the next entry in the series is actually called Knights of the Old Volleyball, um, and Ooh. Benioff and Weiss are actually going to be uh, oh. producing it. So it's going to be oh. really good at the beginning, and then it's going <laughs> to suck. <laughs> we'll get to that here in a moment. <laughs> Usually I get excited for Nintendo, Bethesda, and maybe some PlayStation. Uh, but after last year, Bethesda's kind of like, I'm kind of like very skeptical about anything they're doing now. 
Nah, Bethesda's yep. great, man. Fallout nope, 76. Nope. Shit. <laughs> they are a... I cannot I cannot even go along with any praise of Fallout 76 as a the joke. Pinnacle... Fallout 76 <laughs> the made pinnacle me so of mad. Gaming. The pinnacle of game. So funny story. I think it's still even installed on this very computer, and I just can't bring myself to uninstall it because maybe part of me just wants to admit you didn't waste that 80 bucks. <laughs> My girlfriend is very, very into Fallout, and like for Christmas, I got her Fallout. 76 and like and she broke and you're deal. single now because sorry sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like I mean, I mean they, I have, they do have I have a up. lot of hate for Fallout she 76 has, like, she heard some of the hate and has not opened it like it is still in its plastic it, oh, like gosh. it has not been opened because she heard so much shit about it so I get it I mean it's, I'm sure they're it's I'm so sure, bad I'm sure their E3 is going to be a lot about uh, Elder Scrolls 6. I'm going to guess they're going to do that because they need a bounce back. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's if they have anything. I think, honestly, a lot of their E3 is still going to be 76. That's because a horrible Todd- mistake. Oh, it is. But Todd Howard even gave an interview recently. He's like, well, we never thought this would be like one of those games that just comes out at launch and like dominates and gets tons of great reviews. It got no great reviews, just so you know. Uh, certainly not from this person right here talking, but like, cause they've done one of those stupid things that's common in all these live service hack games where they just create a road map of like, Hey, look, these are all the things we're adding and we're totally gonna do it to make it worthwhile. And I think part of it is they still want to convince people the game's going to turn good. No, and it, so I could not—I could see them spending a lot of E3 being like, we're adding all this fun stuff and it's going to totally be good. Because you'll get, like, I mean, live service is the thing right now. Hell, Anthem did the same thing. It came out and it's like, here's a roadmap and we promise we're adding all this stuff. And just recently they said, we're going to probably have to delay a lot of the stuff on that roadmap. And we don't know when we'll get to it because we're we're uh, running out of time. And like Bioware even kind of hinted they might stop support for it in a few months. Just give them a Knights of the Old Republic game. Let them do whatever they need to do. God, just EA, stop being an evil corporation. You can nope. do you can do games that are story driven and that have a multiplayer facet nope. that aren't all. Oh my God, it's so nope. stupid. EA. I just, EA will never change until you get FIFA away from them. People appreciate good games. They will buy good games. God damn, it's nope. not that hard. Well, it's, and I think it, that's one of the strengths that Nintendo has, honestly. Yeah, that yeah. You buy a game and you know you have the game. Well, you right. can play it at any time. And um, the only thing I will say to Nintendo is please have more local multiplayer games. I need them for my library programs. All we play <laughs> is Super Smash. Please do more uh, yeah. local multiplayer get, games. Get Mario Party. Mario Party's fun. No, we play Mario Party sometimes. I so. cannot play Breath of the Hour, Breath of the Hour, Breath of the, of the <laughs> Wild any more than I already have. I have saved Hyrule. I have done every shrine. I've gotten every weapon. I need something else. Give me give me a remaster. Give me something, Nintendo. That's give all you, I'm asking. Give you a Legend of Zelda maker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mario maker. Yeah, the Legend of Zelda maker where you build dungeons mm-hmm. would actually be kind of cool. That you build dungeons, a, you build a macho dungeons. man Randy Savage. Hell yeah, brother! You, you, build, you build dungeons and then you choose what items the player can take in. Just like, And these are the items you have available to you. Well, no, no, they go in completely unarmed, and you put a series of old men 
who go, it's dangerous to go alone, <laughs> take this. So you, the first, like, five rooms are you equipping the player. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. No, no, I think that's a great game design. <laughs> okay, maybe one old man in a room with several items that yes. they grab. Yeah. But he has to seem senile. It's <laughs> <laughs> dangerous out there, take these! And he hands you a lollipop. Well, especially because the old man never seems to realize that he is giving, like, this sword to a child. Like, what's... That's true. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, he's he's crazy. He also said Fallout 76 is a great game. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. So, Daniel, do you have any hard feelings or strong mm-hmm. feelings on Fallout 76? I can't really uh, gauge where you, where you are I think in it. the same interview <laughs> where he talked about it, Todd Howard even said, like, well, you know, people, we have a lot of loyalty and people still play Skyrim. I just want to be like, of course they do. Skyrim is a complete game that's <laughs> actually good and enjoyable and doesn't disconnect <laughs> you from the server and lose your progress constantly. That, sorry, sorry, that's sorry. Why, that's why, Brave. That, that's Brave. why even if they're trying to just win Fallout 76 pods up, they need to concentrate on... Elder Scrolls Six. This I, is gonna. I'm really, I'm really hoping they don't try the same bullshit for uh, their upcoming games because they announce like titles at least for several things coming up, and just like I'm worried because this is where all the big studio games, AAA games are going that they're gonna keep trying to put microtransaction bullshit in there, and like you, that is a cancer growing on the games industry. <laughs> Because, like, now people are just looking for, we're going to make a game that you buy, and then you continue to buy. Until we finally say you're done. But what are the best-selling games of the past, like, five years? It's not necessarily those type of games. You, What is it? Red Dead Redemption 2? Red Dead Redemption seller. 2 has microtransactions. But, like, it's not... But it came with a full game, though. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. It came with a story-driven game that yeah, lasts about... Yeah, it's the weird... The weird thing is, on a corporate level, it makes more sense. It makes sense because then not only do they get the initial point of sale, they get who knows how much money on the back end. But I think there's such it's becoming where there's such a disconnect between the people, the the consumer and uh, the producer of these games mm-hmm. that they're that it's you're gonna see it in the sales these games that mm-hmm. are like you've seen it with anthem you've seen it with fallout 76 yeah. where you initially have you know that big spike but then like it just falls down after and i think the first real warning flag on that was uh battlefront 2 mm-hmm. it's oh. about battlefront 2 made people who don't look into this stuff all the time mm-hmm. that was the first one that made them really go like, oh, wow, we need to, like, this the, this is really bad. And then, like, Fallout 76 came out shortly thereafter, uh, or, like, the next year, and, oh, this also seems really unfinished. And then Anthem came out, and, wow, this seems really unfinished. And you just kind of have... I think people are starting to get aware of it, mm-hmm. and yeah. I hope... I hope E3 gives us a break from those, but I'm not overly optimistic. Oh, I'm not optimistic at all. But, you know, there's always that giddy optimist in me that's like, okay, yeah, maybe maybe this is the year where everything is great and everything blows me away. But I, But here, at the same time, you know, EA has, has this evil corporation. 
I'm going to be the first person to watch the Jedi Fallen Order panel or whatever uh, whatever uh, they release. Which, I dude, oh. I, I, that game at Celebration, I was not excited for it. I'm excited for it now after seeing it, after hearing the people behind it uh, pretty pointedly say there's not going to be any kind of microtransactions, like with direct shade to EA and the, all the stuff that happened with Battlefront 2. Lots of game developers have said that, but EA gets to make that final call. But here's the thing. If they do make that final call, I think you will see the people behind Respawn say, like, making a big fuss about it, as they should. Because... Um, do you think EA cares? Yeah, no, here, here's the thing. EA, especially EA, of any company, mm-hmm. does not care. Uh, uh-huh. Because what will happen, they have a, they have a pattern... Uh, Jim Sterling, who does a series called The Jimquisition, that's really good, frequently calls it Unicronic Arts after the Transformer Unicron, mm-hmm. who would basically eat up other Transformers and then just use them and then discard them. Because they will buy studios, game development studios, and then at some point make them do a game that's really outside of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Or make them add a bunch of like microtransactions or stuff into their games. That game won't do well, and then they'll shutter the studio. Yeah, it's really awful. EA makes these studios basically take the fall for their mistakes. You can look at Maxis, who did all the Sims games and Sim City games, and they tried to add in a bunch of microtransactions. Tried to add in always online uh, content. Tried to change a lot of what people liked about those games. Those games did bad. Maxis gets shuttered. Uh, the people who did Dead Space, same thing. Uh, they Dead Space 3, they added in a bunch of microtransactions. Then they had them do Battlefield Hardline, which was outside of their realm of comfort. And that game didn't do well. That studio gets shuttered. I think that was Visceral. Mm-hmm. Now the one a lot of people are watching is Bioware. If they shut down Bioware, I'm going... Because, yeah, because Anthem. God damn. Yeah. What's worse, um... Well, what's the what's the company from Terminator? EA's worse. EA's, EA's worse. EA's worse than Skynet. Yeah, I believe it. EA EA's probably there with Waylon Utani. I'm a firm believer. Skynet was created because they saw EA and like, yeah, humanity's got to die. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and, and in that future, people are probably like, thank you. You're right, we deserved it. We put up with EA. <laughs> Would you also like to throw Bethesda in there, Daniel? No, uh, the, they are not EA bad yet. No, they're not. They're, they're, they're not, not EA bad yet. They're sure looking like, at it, though. It's going to take another one. They have a chance to fix them. Uh, outside of Fallout 76, Elder Scrolls and Fallout are still solid games. Mm-hmm. Doom's mm-hmm. still so- very solid. Yeah, Doom... The yeah. fact that they allow Doom to exist as it is like, helps. Like Bioware, but if you're allowed one fall at seventy six because you had kind of the uh, the Bioware with um, uh, what was it uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, which didn't have it, it did kind of have similar issues, but like that was more a a quality thing. Yeah, but yeah, I. I now that you say that, I'm like, oh no, they are going to definitely shut down, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, because it, it's it's usually the second big failure, and the first one was Andromeda, and then Anthem. Mm-hmm. And I think supposedly they're working on something else, but they don't 
they're not saying anything about what they're working on, which has a lot of people going like, uh. <laughs> the only other company that's like borderline EA, I think I heard Activision's pretty bad. Oh God, yeah, Activision Blizzard. Well, they created the whole loot box thing, or they didn't create it, but they popularized it because of Overwatch. You're right, and. Like they they put down the template that people are abusing now. So you Hell, you, Activision owns patents on how to work microtransactions and loot boxes into games. But you you said Activision Blizzard. Don't put Blizzard in there. They make good. No, I I will because they're the same damn company. No, Activision bought Blizzard. I thought. Yeah. So. So I'm blaming. I'm still blaming <laughs> Activision. Yeah, but Blizzard's already doing shit too. Look at uh, what was it in BlizzCon? They announced that one. The new Diablo game, I think, um, that is exclusive to mobile phones. Oh, yeah, is this that an was out of season April Fool's yeah. joke? They that, had a that, guy, that was hilarious. They had a guy legitimately ask if this was an out of season April Fool's joke, and their response was, "Don't you guys have phones? Don't you guys know your people? Diablo people yeah. are hardcore PC gamers. Yeah, <laughs> it's." And they were there at BlizzCon, the place filled with nothing but fans of their PC and console-based games. And they're like, here's a brand new mobile game. It's like, you jackasses. What did, did not you think, think that one happen? through. Did not think that one through. We're going to be honest with you. Not a great plan. Not a great plan. <laughs> I will say, I think the most interesting kind of thing that's come out pre uh, E3 is Google Stadia. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm I'm really torn on it. Uh, so Google announced a big press event on Thursday. They announced more details about their entry into the gaming world. It is Google Stadia. Um, it's the price point is $129. What that gets you is the night blue stadia controller Sound, chrome sounds a like a chrome, great deal great a deal chromecast, already a chromecast ultra three months of stadia pro destiny 2 the collection first dibs on a stadia name which i guess is just an account name that's and how a, all accounts work though and Did then we... a, but it's a perk, <laughs> and, and a Stadia Buddy Pass, which allows you to give a friend three months of Stadia Pro. Hmm. Um. Now and c- because how it works is like you connect to it through Chrome, and then like there's actually going to be a paid monthly thing called Stadia Pro, and like some there'll be a few free games in there. Mostly you'll still be paying for games. But it is entirely a streaming console. So it will stream the games to you. They claim they found a way to even stream 4K 60 frames per second. I don't no believe latency. it. I don't believe I'll, it. I don't believe I it either. Believe it. I can't I, see I, that I have a very hard time believing that. I believe they could do it, but once you get to the internet yeah. providers, that goes... Hmm. I, yeah. I believe... I believe in their building with their Google Fiber, I'm sure that they can make it work. I, I don't believe if they broadcast to my apartment, that's I've tried happen. PlayStation Now, which is like the, the PlayStation service that lets you like stream basically this with old like PS3 and PS4 games. Uh-huh. And on my internet, 
Good God, you better not be playing anything else. You better not. Nobody else better be playing Netflix yeah. or doing whatever. It takes them that much of a bandwidth. Struggle. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. Oh. Which, but the, I I will also say there's a free version. They're gonna because like Stadia Pro is gonna be nine ninety nine a month. They say once they get past the first wave of people from this, I guess I think it's called the Founder Edition or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like then you can get a free tier of it, which maxes out at 60 frames per second and 1080p, which even that mm. I find a little suspect. This, you know, I, there is a world where this could take over and this could work. It, it's just not everybody has that internet Ex- yet. Exactly. See, that's, that's my biggest concern, because, like, especially in rural areas, when, when consoles go this direction, and we've had multiple consoles do this, you're excluding so many people who yeah. are on the wrong side of the digital divide, mm-hmm. who don't have access to internet, who don't have right. access to data. So you're excluding a huge number of possible customers. Right. And, and that's that's ridiculous. Just on personal experience, my aunt has a farm in Wisconsin. And like if if both of us are on the internet... Good luck with any, like, even if it's just Twitter, we're not talking about streaming, we're not talking about anything else. We're talking mm-hmm. about just surfing the internet. Mm-hmm. She, like, if she has an important work email while I'm there, she's like, please get off the Wi-Fi because I want to send this through. Uh, so, yeah, you're absolutely right, Beth. Mm-hmm. Like, we've mm-hmm. had, one of the things that we've had happen at the library a lot, even in the town where I work, is uh, people will bring their console to the library just to try to download or update a game because right. that's the only way they can uh, actually get the game that they paid for on their console. <laughs> <laughs> Which is mm-hmm. sad, but like you, 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 you have to laugh at it. Cause it's just like, you have that image of that, of bringing them, yeah. bringing it to the library, but that's like, that is a little sad. <laughs> yeah. The internet's not good enough to do it. Yeah. And, and I think the thing that a lot of these companies always forget about, and this this does kind of also go back to, say, anytime a game needs always online content, and, like, their servers might not actually be able to handle it. And sure, they're Google, they probably have a bit better than, you know, EA, Activision, Blizzard, um, Bethesda, but... <laughs> but... Had to get a shout across. But, uh... It's still, like... Because I think lots of times they predict this, and then they go like, we'll be fine, and then like a bunch of people try it, and they're like, oh, well, the servers are having some trouble. And like with this, if the servers are having trouble, and something in like the cloud is down, you can't access any of the games you have paid for. Yeah. And they're saying like, yeah, you can access it from like any Chrome browser even like some phones and tablets, but still it's just, if something happens and you're offline, you've just lost it all until it, until you can get online again. Yeah. And I know we have a lot of students in our community that uh, have Chromebooks that they use for their schoolwork. And I know even that can get frustrating because again, if you don't have internet at home, you, you basically just have a box. Um, and uh, so a lot of kids come to the library to, try to use their Chromebook that they have. And um, like, and even that is really not foolproof. Like it, it doesn't work all the time. So I find it very suspect that they think they can offer this high a quality of service with their current hardware. 
Yeah. Yeah. I would have thought in, right now, like, this would, like, you guys totally explained, like, this is a good future idea. They yeah. Should, they should have probably tried to go against Steam instead of Xbox and PlayStation. I mean, they, yeah. they basically are kind of are going up against Steam, but they're also deciding that they're, they can hang with the big boys. I mean, they had the money they could. Yeah, but the fact that it is streaming, which, by the way, according to their home website, they claim, like, if you can get 30 to 35 megabits per second on, I guess, your download speeds, then that's all it would take to get the 4K HDR video 60 frames per second 5.1 surround sound. Bullshit! Uh... Yeah. And by the way, since we were talking, since we were talking about, like, can they, like, can servers and stuff handle it, which says the recommended minimum is 10 megabytes per second, or 10 megabits per second, that's for 720p 60 frames per second stereo. I can't watch a movie with 10 megabytes per second. (laughs) So, like, we, Beth and I, where we are, have fiber. Mm -hmm. Yes. And on their thing, you have a thing in Google where you can test your connection to see where you're at. I hit that, and I got multiple errors. Great. That is a great sign. Fantastic sign. But when I ran a speed test elsewhere, I was getting, like, 130 or something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I just don't see this right now. Maybe in, like, five years, however many years. Maybe when they've expanded Google Fiber to like most every city. I thought they're dropping yeah, most like every big city. Yeah, like if Google wants to put in the investment and build the infrastructure that would allow them to get this service to mm. a lot of these, especially rural places and you know other cities. Like I think that you know, in addition to gaming, there are a lot of great opportunities for this technology to do good. But it's it's the infrastructure is just not there yet. I agree. Yeah, those are trying. I think that's that's yeah. just where we are right now. I, I appreciate them trying, and like if you get great AAA games on it, it could work. But it just where we're at right now, it just won't. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anything else with E three we want to touch on? It got a couple things here, but honestly, it's nothing huge. Uh, anything we want to touch on before? Maybe jumping to our next topic. I just wanted to say that I remember like five years ago, kids that have now graduated high school were in middle school when mm-hmm. I think the last Final Fantasy VII remake trailer came out. Yeah. And they were so, so excited. <laughs> and now I see them and they're adults and they have jobs and this thing is nowhere in sight. And it's, it is both sad and hilarious to me because I know that they were really excited about playing it, and I'm just like, oh gosh! As someone who waited 15 years for Kingdom Hearts three, yeah, they can wait. <laughs> I've, I, I, I know all about waiting. Wait. They 15 will wait. years of it in Azkaban. <laughs> I waited ten years for the series finale of Samurai Jack. That's that's a good point. My patience yeah. knows no bounds. Fifteen years for Kingdom Hearts three, and they gave us that. Yeah. What? Yeah, I was gonna say, and it wasn't even that good. Oh I'm my god! Still waiting for the actual Game of Thrones finale. Yeah, that's. True. <laughs> I, I, but we'll jump to Game of Thrones with David's great transition. One thing I want to throw beforehand. 
Reportedly, Square Enix is also making a Marvel's Avengers game. I cannot wait to see how overcomplicated the costumes are. Alright, moving on. I'm actually excited for it. I think it could be good. Well, look, when, Squ- when Square Enix puts out that game in 16 years, mm-hmm, that's true. then we can all comment on it. When Richard William Sheehy V, my son, is here, <laughs> he will enjoy it when he when, gets out of high when school. When your great-great-grandson finally gets his hands on the Final Fantasy VII That's remake. right, when Richard William Sheehy VII gets, the, gets it in his hands, he's going to love it. I think that we're going to have to wait for, like... Wally's time period, like uh-huh. Wally from the movie Pixar, before we get the Final Fantasy VII remake. He's probably playing that like alone on Earth. Wally. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll now move on to the thing people still are talking about. Like I was worried. I was like, oh, no one's gonna want to talk about this because it's it was it's now passed by this point, but people still are. Game of Thrones. Heard the, of it. Heard of it. The <laughs> series recently wrapped up with its uh, eighth and final season to, I would say, mixed reaction, <laughs> but it's actually mostly negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it included even a petition to remake it that has over a million signatures. Stop with the stop with the petitions. Yeah, please. I, I will stop say yes. That. Good lord, stop what with is that. it? What is it with the eighth iterations of anything where people are like, we're going to redo it. We're 100% serious. We have a backer. We can make this work. Bill, yeah, let's and- not get started on that other eighth rendition. Ah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I'm- no, but it, it's... No, I, I think the thing is now there's just a website mm-hmm. that people can... You, you spend 10 minutes, you type it up, and it's there. And then you get news sites covering its existence. Mm-hmm. And so it's, a, it's just because it's easy to do, that's why you're seeing all these stupid petitions. But, like, at the same time, I'm just like, dude, it's, it's, a, it's a TV show. They've written it. They've shown it. They're not going to remake it. Stop. No, they yeah. are not. I just like... think that, and, like, I'm going to sound like a, a, what is it, a baby boomer for a second. Stop being so entitled. Dude, what? Yeah. It's so stupid. Uh, there are there are real problems in the world. We don't have to worry about remaking Game of Thrones season eight because you didn't like the Daenerys died. This is what just, kind of a. This is just a long play by George R. R. Martin. He wants to see how this ending would work and how people react oh, to it before 100%. he writes the book. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a hundred percent. He was like, I'm gonna wait and see how this pans out and see what people do and don't like about it, and then I will I will adjust. Mm-hmm. And I, I like here's the thing, and I kind of said this on, like on Twitter when it happened. I didn't hate the last episode per se. I just hated everything that led up to it because it felt rushed, and they kind of were like, "Well, we have to get to this point," and so we're just flying through everything. Else. It didn't have to be rushed. You could have made it ten no, episodes. It did. It didn't, like, they offered them a full 10 episodes. Hell, I think HBO has offered them before 10 full seasons. Oh, yeah. and I and think I they think, just wanted to be done. Yeah, I, I got that, that they, they just wanted to be done. Like, they, they had been offered Star Wars, they were tired of doing this, and, and they just wanted it to be done. And, which which is a shame. Um, mm-hmm. But, and I will say that, if you look at the early seasons of the show, 
they look nothing like the last season at all. It's it's not even so much that it's 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 a bad version of the show. It's almost a completely different show. Like there's there's really not a lot of similarities except for the characters. Like uh, you don't have all those nitty gritty details about how people's actions are shaping the larger world. It's uh, just sort of things happen in a vacuum and everything is just rushing towards this conclusion mm-hmm. that, that feels a bit shallow, I guess. Yeah. Be- and, and that is not the way the first several seasons felt at all. And I, there's a way to do it where you do that exact same storyline but even hell, if you give it two more episodes, I think you could you could make it a more compelling like you, you end it the same way, but you give more context and you give more, I guess, not background, but like you flesh it out a little bit more, even two episodes, because like that was the thing with the first two episodes where I'm like, OK, we got to speed this up because we only got four more episodes and there's still so much we have to wrap up. So it just I, I think you're right, Beth. I think they, they didn't give it the time. I think. Once again, two more episodes, three more episodes. What HBO I would, would would have spent the money. They're, oh they yeah, they weren't they weren't not willing to spend the money. Yeah, it was it was just I think that I, I don't know what it was. It's just I you would could have, have done so much suggested more. honestly, like having the end of this season be the conflict with the Night King, mm-hmm. and then having an entirely extra season to deal with what's going on in King's Landing. So that mm-hmm. way you can really carefully build up what's happening with these characters. Yeah. So, and, and not just sort of develop a lot of character growth over one season and completely mm-hmm. ditch it in the third episode of the next season. Listen, they better not <laughs> screw up star Wars. That's all I'm saying. Like if, if they screw up star Wars, <laughs> I think that'll make it even worse <laughs> for, for game of Thrones. Because like, if, if it looks like, you know, you've, you dashed out because you wanted to work on Star Wars, and then it sucks? Oh, good lord. I think uh, they'll be all in initially, but I I worry what happens when they get tired of Star Wars? What what mm-hmm. happens when they get offered something else and they're ready to move on? Like, but it's, it's kind of hard to top Star Wars, though. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. They'll be in, all in for about six, seven seasons, and they'll rush the last two. That's true. <laughs> now so they'll be they'll be in for like the first two movies of their trilogy, and then about half of the third movie, and then they're gonna then dark just... phoenix the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> Jar Jar Binks shows up in the second half and and just destroys no, 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 everything. There there will be no Jar Jar hate on this podcast. I'm, no. I'm telling. There, there. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. But, no, no. No, I it, all it, respect to Ahmed Best. He is a wonderful uh, actor and man. So he I, is the best, if you will. Yes. <laughs> I, I saw a lot of him uh, in uh, Star Wars Celebration, and he just seems so genuinely wonderful. He is, and I was literally feet away from him, and he was just as wonderful as he came across on, on video. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, wonderful. I had the thought, too of uh because so many star wars fans were upset with ryan johnson and he he Uh also he also has a trilogy coming out and then like they announced going into i think the last episode or something they're like oh well the the first trilogy of the star wars new movies coming out post uh episode nine is going are going to be uh 
the Vinny Off and Weiss one, and I think in their mind they're like, that's good. That'll make people happy, yeah. and they'll have some time before we get to Ryan Johnson, and they'll be happy again. And then, Hold like, my beer. It, then it ended so badly. People were like, I was like, I wonder if you asked a Star Wars fan now, like a diehard Star Wars fan. So, Bill, um, since you're here, uh-huh. like, which are you the most worried about? Like, which would you have now wished they had said was the first trilogy? Honestly, be, I, I, because I've I've told you guys I have a very special place in my heart for The Last Jedi. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm a lot more worried for the Benioff and Weiss trilogy than I am for um, the Ryan Johnson one. Because with Ryan, I know what I'm getting. With the Benioff and Weiss guys, with as poorly as they ended it, and you know, some people like it. My girlfriend actually likes it. She uh, appreciates what they were trying to do. But... If you fuck up a Star Wars movie, dude, like, there's no going back. Like, you really can't do anything else. Like, because then at that point, like, you've kind of Josh Tranked it. <laughs> Where? Yeah, yeah. You, you can't. Look, Josh Tranked it. Josh Tranked, Josh Tranked it so hard he never got to the Star Wars that's, movie. That's true. But you, you get the flu, the flu he, in quotation he, marks. And he fans four sticks to that. He did. Which, oh my god, what, there there are so many, like, but yeah, Benioff, and once again, I don't, I'm not necessarily, like, worried, but, like, if you had to, like, gun to my head, I'd much rather see Ryan's trilogy right now than I would see the Benioff and Weiss one, especially when there's a rumor right now that they're already working on a Knights of the Old Republic trilogy, which, I don't, then what if, if that's what's happening with hers, What's happening with the Benioff and Weiss ones? We just don't. There's not a lot of questions I have, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that once we have some answers. Right, for that right, one. right. Good call. Good call. I sort of wanted to mention, uh, like Daenerys, uh, because I, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, "Well, you're just mad that she died," and it's it's not necessarily that because I don't think anybody expected Game of Thrones to have a happy ending, mm-hmm. but um. And it's not even that the the fact that it turned out she was the Mad Queen, because especially in the books, that is really heavily foreshadowed and you can see it happening in in real time. But um, the, the sudden turn that she makes, and I think that Daenerys came at an interesting time in, in, in our culture where like you had a lot of women who were getting fed up and it was, a nice fantasy to think that if somebody cat called you on the street, you could have a, uh, you would have a little dragon that you could say Dracarys to. Like, but having her sort of die, uh, for her own good, by by her significant other was, with really no build up to that moment, was in such poor taste, and mm-hmm. I really, mm-hmm. I, I I, this is why you have editors. <laughs> <laughs> like this is why you run your ideas by other people. <laughs> yes, yes. This is why I need an editor before I say anything. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been so much more satisfying if like Arya killed Daenerys. I was thinking that would happen actually. I was that's mm-hmm. what I was expecting. I, I was like, like people were like, oh with all this training, Arya needs a big kill. It didn't have to be the Night King. That was John's guy. It could have been I, Cersei or Daenerys. I don't have a problem with John killing Daenerys. I think it's probably the, what what needed to happen. 
um, just in terms of what what the plot had been building towards. But because Arya did get the Night King, but like, what there there's an interesting dynamic between like having to to kill your someone that you love so much, but is so beyond redemption or is so down a dark path that and then living with those consequences. I I don't mind that decision. It's just like it. Everything else is just done so poorly that I'm just mm-hmm. like, eh. and uh, I think the reason it would make more sense for it to have or why a lot of people think it would have made more sense for it to be Arya is because they made such a big deal about Arya throughout the whole attack on King's Landing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she gets the white horse at the end that then suddenly disappears at the start of the next <laughs> yeah, episode. there is no... They spent so long on that horse, and that horse doesn't matter at all. They might as well have just played Old Town Road at the end of the episode, because... I saw someone actually did an edit of that. It just... It's... Game of Thrones, that's the last thing was literally, oh, we forgot. Like, yeah. Apparently, they had unlimited amount of Unsullied and, and uh, Dothraki. They, they were just unlimited. Yeah, I like that they'll say, like, you know, I think what honestly hurt the season more than anything else is the the little after-episode behind-the-scenes, because those were always bad. Like, God, it, it, it just annoyed me because in the uh, long night, they had a scene where uh, Grey Worm shut off a, bl- a lot of his men. Yeah, and it just didn't matter. And John has to, uh, you know, ha- does have to live with the fact that he killed Daenerys. But I, in the final scenes with him, it just seems like he's riding off into the sunset, sort of happy with his wildlings and his puppy dog. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he seems fine. Well, I've seen a bunch <laughs> of people who are like, the Unsullied are like, the only reason they're sending John away. To make the Unsullied happy. Yeah. Um, then the Unsullied leave, the un- and it's just like, hey, John, and, you want to come and back? And then they're like, well, we still... Yeah, the Unsullied leave, never to return. They could just as easily bring John back. At least bring him back to the north. But no. I think he's too honorable for that. He would he would stick by that decision, I think. Yeah, he would. Um, but also, that's was the main question I took out of the, the finale, is... Who stopped the Unsullied and the Dothraki from just killing Tyrion and Jon? Who was there to stop them? Yeah, because yeah, I mean, it, they, they obviously didn't have a problem killing prisoners. They made that no, very clear in that, in that like, episode. Yeah, they spend the whole episode killing prisoners, and then they're like, you two, you two get to le- live until we uh, do proper procedure of until getting together a small it. council well, and all this. The only way I can justify it is, like, they captured... Uh, Tyrion, I don't know, but that baffled me, but John in particular, they captured John, and, like, that was the only thing preventing the Norse from just, like, going all out on them. Yeah. That, like, that, that was like, if they kill John, they're gonna come attack us. And so yeah, we it, have to keep him be. alive right now. But Tyrion, they could have fucked him off, and everyone would like meh. Yeah, I mean the only person there that could have possibly done it was was Davos, but I don't think he has that much pull with them. No, he doesn't, because his pull is only tied to John. And if John is a criminal, like Davos is just gonna be like, well, you're probably an accomplice. I think the only way that would have made sense is if at the end of it, like, 
Grey Worm took his face off and it was Arya the whole time. And, like, that's why they didn't yeah. kill Jon. Oh, but speaking of that, it was great that the uh, face swapping ability never yeah. came up again. There's so yeah. many, like, yeah. things that just didn't pay off. But it just didn't make any sense to me. They did a wrap-up thing where they were talking about the show mm-hmm. afterwards. And, like, a whole episode of it. And basically... They said, like, oh, and, you know, to kill the Night King to, for her jump, Arya, like, jumped off a bunch of dead uh, white walkers there. And I was just like, but we didn't see it, so it didn't matter. Hey, but we saw that breeze like, come by. Like, you can, <laughs> you can tell us that, but, like, that doesn't count, because we didn't see it. What you yeah. also didn't see is Arya stuck a stick up every White Walker's ass as she did it. That is an image. That is a real image. Thank you for putting that in there. I really appreciate that. Well, that, That's why when you see all the White Walkers turn their head, they're not looking at Arya. They're like, what the hell is my ass? Well, I'm glad you're listening, kids, because we got a show for you. Oh. oh, come on. If they made it through That's all true. my rants and talking That's about true. Bethesda, uh, there aren't kids listening yeah. to this. But, you know, speaking of Maisie Williams and, like, there, <laughs> so, all of the actors in this final season were giving 150%. Mm-hmm. They were trying to make it oh, work. Yeah. They were trying to sell it. And they, uh, like, Amelia Clark was recovering from brain aneurysms and like just dealing with all that. And she's, you have all these people who are doing the best they can. Obviously the crew that was making the sets, they, they were doing a fantastic job. Sad. But, the lighting crew shouldn't, couldn't show up. Yeah. But, man, it's it's, it's sad. They it didn't is. come, but anyway, and uh, we later found out Kit Haring was, uh, needed uh, rehab because they gave him one line of you'll always mm-hmm. be my queen. You'll always be my queen. My queen. <laughs> And like, he said that so many times, he, he took She's the, my queen. You see I in don't the reads, you see in the reads that from that documentary, like there are actors who are really not happy with with things because oh, it doesn't. The actor who plays Varys was really <laughs> not happy. Well, Varys is or so smart. Or sure looked smart. like he wasn't. Varys yeah, is so character... smart. He's the master of whispers. Like he yeah, like... he wouldn't do the dumb things he, he does he in the walk, final. He season. wouldn't walk up and be like. You want to commit treason? <laughs> yeah, just walks out in the open with unsullied everyone. You want to commit treason? And then just like openly We're trying to poison Daenerys' food. It's just like, Barry, yeah. you have been so smart this entire time, and now you just flip the switch and be like, oh, let's do the dumbest shit we can. And they do. Yeah. And they do. Hey, John, treason? I can't. She's my queen. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I go. Don't to, want I'm gonna go. To the guy that's basically the spitting image of Ned Stark and his honor, his honorable to a fault, and say, "You want to commit treason?" <laughs> yeah. An interesting thing this has this had me wondering about though is because like it seems like every so often you get shows that come around that just kind of grab the public attention for a while. Uh, Game of Thrones was obviously the big one. Uh, recently, but you also had even before that Walking Dead, and I feel like Walking Dead people started, I know it's still on the air, but I feel like people started losing interest in Walking Dead around the time it really picked Mm -hmm. up with Game of Thrones. Uh, I know, like, both basically have been running since the same time-ish, but I feel like initial interest in Game of Thrones wasn't as high, and Walking Dead was taking up all the real estate, and then they kind of flipped, but you get stuff, you know, like 
Breaking Bad and everything before that, Sopranos, and it made me wonder, and there might not even, I don't think there even is necessarily a way to predict it, but it's an interesting discussion or interesting thought of, like, if you were to try to guess and try to pick what you think could be the next big Game of Thrones style series, or the next thing that grabs the public's attention like that, what might it be? See, I was thinking about this, and, and with HBO's hits, they had The Sopranos, or The Sopranos, mm-hmm. um, which is a very realistic mob family. Then you had True Blood, which was the vampire yep. supernatural romance. And then you get the epic fantasy. And it sort of reminds me of the way trends work in YA fiction, because they shift really fast, and usually the next big thing is nothing like the previous big thing. Mm-hmm. Because vampires were a thing for a while, then it was dystopias, then it was uh, epic fantasies, and then I think mostly thanks to The Force Awakens, it was science fiction for and a while. And then it was dystopian vampires, and, and then... Uh. Yeah, yeah. There is actually a book, and I can't remember the title, but uh, there's like an Amish Vampires in Dude, Space book that we have in our library. Me? And well, I think we have the next me? Game of Thrones. No. Come again? No, that's it right there. <laughs> I mean, me I have my I can... ideas, but that's Amish probably the best. Vampires in Space. Oh my Let god. I hope run. that's the title. That's everything I need. <laughs> Okay, the title is Amish Vampires in Space uh, <laughs> by uh, Carrie Neitz, N-I-E-T-Z. Um, so we do have it at our library. I think it's gone out several times. I um, should imagine so. <laughs> I can't imagine a book I called mean, it's... Amish uh, Vampires in Space would be an imaginative fairy tale <laughs> that everybody would want to read. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only 18 bucks right now on Amazon. Hey. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh it looks like if you get it, you can read it for free if you get the ebook on the Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a Kindle. <laughs> I have a Kindle, so. <laughs> See, it's like I was thinking it could be something completely like not fantasy. I was thinking, like, maybe, because for most of the series I was a fan, something, like, true dystopian, like, Fallout? Because you get, like, factions built within there as well. And then I thought, like, ah, actually, a more interesting one, because you get a lot of the weird political sides to it, and a lot of strong characters dealing with interconnected, even, like, interconnected worlds dealing with major threats, it was Mass Effect. I like that a lot. <laughs> I I could get behind I, I that. like that a lot. I could see a large budget Game of Thrones esque Mass Effect. I could see show. it working too. Like they've been trying to make it. Yeah, I could see it really I think working. They've been trying to make a movie for a couple of years, but if see, I think it would even work better as a show. It, and it not necessarily follow the story of Commander Shepard, but like in that same universe. No, no, no. Um, because while I, I certainly had problems with Andromeda, I don't think the story was one of them. I actually kind of liked the story where it was like they let uh, spoilers for Andromeda. It's bad. Don't play it. <laughs> it's they left right before the Reapers took over, which I it's a lot of cool possibilities, even if they are millions of miles away. So, yeah, I, I think that world is just ready for someone to write something uh, and make it a hit. 
and you could even do something else yeah. in that world because is I could be wrong. I'm I'm blanking on some of the early Mass Effect stuff, but isn't it in the first game like you get a lot of the planets that don't necessarily even really believe the yeah. Reapers exist? Oh, that was exist? The, the first two games was like convincing people the Reapers yeah. are real, and like because that's why like that's why they bring Commander Shepard back. Because, like, finally someone realizes, oh, no, they're real, and this was the only guy who ever really seemed to notice. Mm-hmm. Or the only guy or girl, depending on your Commander Shepard. It, it just would work. Uh, that's If mm-hmm. you do it right, you get the right people around it, I think it could work. And, you know, we, we've had a lot of... We've, we've had one finally good video game something recently with Detective Pikachu. Um, <laughs> so why not? You know, what I think could be the next... Uh, Lord of uh, not Lord of the Rings. What could be the next <laughs> Game of Thrones? Could be this Lord of the Rings series that Amazon is doing. Yeah, it's if it's done well, like if it's yeah. as done as well as Good Omens, it it is going to be great. Mm-hmm. So. Hope it's done well, Beth. It's going to be the most expensive show ever made for good reason. Like if it's not, especially like given how well Game of Thrones is done and how much people love Lord of the Rings, if it's not at least good. I think you're going to have a lot of people that are like, oh, we don't want to see any more of this. I'm not sure of, I'm still not exactly sure of where in the timeline the show is taking place. Mm -hmm. I've heard some people suggest that it might even be sort of, this is going to get really in the weeds, guys. Sorry. Like in... uh, Did somebody uh, say weed? (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like before all of the Middle Earth stuff, there was this little island called Numenor. And you had, uh, that's where Aragorn's family is from originally. And uh, the the gist of it is that, that we might get hot Sauron. Uh, because, <laughs> like, uh, Sauron you at that point... You saying he wasn't before? <laughs> <laughs> Beth, you have just completely blown me away with uh, uh, vampire, Amish vampires in space and hot Sauron. Which... <laughs> Okay. Well, there are at probably. At that point, he could still this, this like look into nice. Bad like he was, just he put was... your hands together at this point, and I'm in. <laughs> 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 Amish vampires in space, with, led by Hot, by Hot Sauron. Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> I would too. I'm here for it. I would watch it, but I probably wouldn't enjoy it. I'll probably just be like, <laughs> damn it. Hey, David, can we, like, go back to where we enjoy doing things? Uh, see, I just, I feel like I'd be conflicted. I'd be like, he's so evil, but man. <laughs> so hot. Look at the But Zaddy, big old Zaddy Zaron over there. <laughs> oh, gee. It's all the people who love Thanos. <laughs> I mean, think about the way we think about like Loki or, or something like that. Like yeah. it, it would, I, I imagine something like that. You, you Loki know, can like high key get it, is what I'm trying. to say. <laughs> So what you're saying is Tom Hiddleston as Sauron confirmed. Yes. Uh, Tom Hiddleston as Palpatine also confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Any other Game of Thrones points or potential ideas you all have for what could be the next Game of Thrones? Uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series with Qui-Gon Jinn coming back. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, um, shout out to John Hoey and Claire, uh, a Salacious B. Crumb series where they make him hot too. So <laughs> if, if we go back to the uh, video game ideas, I would love to see a Witcher series. Oh. 
Oh, well, well that is happening. Is it? Yeah. With, yeah. That is, uh, Henry, Henry Cavill is playing Geralt. Yeah. Netflix has that. I think it's probably actually coming out either this year or, or, or early yeah, next I year. I, right, I, need, yeah. I, I need to get up on this. Maybe that can be it. That could. I think there's already... Yeah, I will say the one thing it it has that makes me nervous is that picture of him as the Witcher. Man, that hair does not look good. <laughs> oh, no, it That doesn't. hair looks like a wig. <laughs> and I know it is, but still. Yeah. That wig looks like a wig. It's not quite Medusa levels of bad, though. It, it, it's... Look, it's it's not. Ooh, yeah, let's it's not, not be cruel. It's not quite Michelle Williams and Venom bad, but it's not great. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. I thought that was hot. <laughs> well, actually, you know, we're talking about like what's going to be the next big show, and, and honestly, the one that I, the ones I'm thinking about are, are the upcoming Disney Plus shows. Like, I, I am so excited about the Mandalorian coming yes! up. I, I think. I think maybe that's it. I think that has the potential to be like a next big thing. And I don't know um, if it'll be quite on the level of Game of Thrones. I love Star Wars. I'm excited about the Mandalorian. It's just that I don't think you're going to get that sweeping epic that everybody's going to love in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. There now mm-hmm. there certainly could be a show where that Star Wars related show where they make that happen. Yeah. But I just I don't think it's the Mandalorian. But not every next big thing has to be a sweeping epic. Like mm-hmm. some of them can be smaller no, stories really so it's, it's it's just which whatever grabs the audience uh, right now it's chernobyl which is great if you haven't if you haven't watched that it's fantastic uh, I, i've watched the first episode it is really good oh it's so good let's move on and do try to do a couple quick hits before it gets too late mm-hmm. and too long here <laughs> um we might i might drop some of these as we're going we're going to try to just basically do some a speed round of real quick topics. Everyone just like a real short answers to all of these questions here. Bill, what <laughs> I am lively but short. <laughs> that's what you're I'm not taking the bait you, on that that's one. That's what your Bill. girlfriend says. I took the bait. Damn it! <laughs> all right. First up, DC Universe canceled Swamp Thing less than a week after the premiere episode went up on the app. Uh, it will. I think still finish off this season, which had already been reduced, but that's it. A lot of this it seems to be tied with the fact Warner Media is supposedly launching their own streaming service, mm-hmm. and a lot of their content is DC content. People were there have been questions of what happens to the DC Universe streaming app. What do we think? Uh, when Titans is your best series, you're probably screwed. Uh, Young Justice is their oh, best good series. Point, good point. <laughs> when you're a platform that releases Titans, you're probably going to fail. <laughs> good point. Year, good point. In a year. So yeah, not surprising, but I, I am a little dis- disappointed that I'm not going to get to see more Swamp Thing because I heard it was good. Well, I mean, I think the episodes of this season are still going up, mm-hmm. so you'll get this That's one. That's true. That's true. Robert Pattinson has been cast as Batman in the upcoming uh, movie, The Batman. I'm totally down with Cedric Diggory being Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, I think it'll work. Yeah, I think, you know, he's been doing a lot of independent stuff recently. It, it, it works. And I, I think with, with what Matt Reeves is trying to do, it will be a home run. I think he's going to be a better Batman than Bale and Affleck. Ooh, Ooh, shade, shade. Ooh. And I like both of those at Batman, but I'm just like, I think that he's just too good of an actor to not and, be a, good, a great Batman, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and call it. 
and like I said, since Cedric Diggory's in it, I do want David Tennant to play like the Riddler or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, not a bad, actually, that's a great they, casting, actually. That, that is a brilliant casting. They've, I think they've said the villain, they're looking at the penguin, but man, I want Tenon as the Riddler. That'd be great. Because, because that He'd would be, be totally so good. great for Harry Potter fans if it was Cedric Diggory and Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> Hello, father. <laughs> just, just for fun, they get Ray Fiennes yeah. as the penguin. Yeah. <laughs> um, Danny DeVito will always see. be my penguin. <laughs> He was great. I'm same, not same. All right. Uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu came out. Uh, it, it It's doing well. It's got good cinema score. It's a fresh movie, not certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Made about $400 million worldwide. I thought, like, while the plot wasn't the best on it, and you can see any twist coming from a mile away, it, was, it created a really fun, enjoyable world and lots of fun characters, and I enjoyed the movie. It was fun. I mean, it's Pokemon. You just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. It I, was super yeah. cute. I thought it was a wonderful movie that I was smiling the entire time. I give it my rating of 7 out of 10. <laughs> And you know what? The the six and seven year olds in our theater were surprised by all of the little twists. Oh, yeah. So <gasps> and, and they were the intended audience. So mm-hmm. as, oh, as yeah. well as us adult Pokemon fans, right. and I, I think they made everybody happy. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I need more uh, Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. Apparently, I didn't know I needed that, <laughs> but I need more of it. We we need we need more Ryan Reynolds. That's true. That's a really good point. Very good point, David. Ryan Reynolds is great in everything. Put Ryan Reynolds in everything in 2019. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds 2019. That's right. Okay. Per, that's that's okay. what I'm here for. Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. You're too Absolutely. Oh, jeez. Sonic Speed. Jim, hey, Jim Carrey looks good. Honestly, like, the best... Jim Carrey's classic Jim Carrey. The best part of that trailer is Jim Carrey and mm-hmm. the if, end if, of the trailer with Jim Carrey. If this movie succeeds, it's Jim Carrey's... It's because of Jim Carrey. Yep. A hundred percent. Poor James Marsden seems to have the worst luck picking movies, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. He Which one did he pick he's... over this again? No, no. James Marsden's in this. Oh God. Okay. Like, cool. He's 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 the like, but he's like been in this and Hop and like he... a bunch of not great movies. What but a... like, I I still have nightmares of the Sonic that was shown on that TV screen. Yeah. So. To me, the most interesting part of this whole story, so there was, the Sonic trailer came out, it was still in theaters, I think, when I went to go see Detective Pikachu, and within, like, a week or two, the director went on Twitter and said they were going to redesign Sonic entirely, after all the backlash from the trailer, and then, like, but they still had the same release date, and then, like, Paramount came out later and was like, we're gonna push back the release date, which Paramount... Well, that's probably a good idea because they've been honestly struggling at the box office for a while. They need a hit, which is always a great sign for a stellar movie. Mm. And, you, yeah. and you know, history has shown that video games are great in theaters. Mm-hmm. We've got Detective yeah. Pikachu and <laughs> Detective Pikachu. Ah. I'm seeing a it's pattern. <laughs> but even, even with Detective Pikachu, you can say that's a that's more of a mon. Uh, Detective Pikachu was, was actually a video game only, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, about to say, no, you, de- you, Detective Pikachu was more of a video game, but like Pokemon itself is such a brand. Yeah, that's be, that's beyond even just the video game. Because they have a very successful manga series too. Yeah, and yeah. TV series, and literally every form of. Me- I think I heard somewhere once that it's like, well, it's 
either the highest selling franchise when you take all media in to account or it's it's up there. Oh yeah, because they they just successful whatever they do. Mm-hmm. It's just like me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean I can't I'm really interested in the second trailer for this now to see their redesigned Sonic and if people like that. They're not going I, to. I hope and joke, what happens if they don't? I hope as a joke they make it more like Sanic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I this movie will make Zonky. two dollars at the box. Oh, no, <laughs> they're gonna go full gaudy. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna. I I think it'll have a seven percent at the at, at on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh wow! I could give it maybe a five. This is. Uh, Gonna be slight. This is just a bad idea for a movie. Slightly worse than uh, Fan Four Stick. Ooh. Mm. See, I- I'm gonna say right. Jim Carrey's gonna keep it above Fan Four Stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, like, with I think that this and like the the Mario Brothers, there are certain games that just <laughs> don't translate <laughs> into films or TV shows. So, nope. not live um, action, animated. Yes, maybe live action. Yeah. No, thank you. maybe. No, thank you. The Super Mario Brothers Super Show, <laughs> Godzilla King of the Monsters. This has gotten not the best scores. Sitting at about a thirty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a B plus Cinema Score. So far made around 200 million worldwide. Bill and I wrote a whole uh, <laughs> review article about our thoughts can, on can it. Can I give it my, my thoughts in a word, please? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it had a lot of promise, except they decided the focus of the giant monsters fighting each other movie should be Kyle Chandler's stupid family. Hey. Uh, what is it? Full hearts, full heads, can't lose. Uh, they lost. So full hearts, clear eyes, whatever. can't lose. I don't watch sports like that. I don't. Or, oh yes, and I'm Captain Sports. I, yes. <laughs> no, I don't watch fake sports. I watch real sports, Daniel. Real sports. <laughs> but yeah, not not great. Uh, I did. You guys know that there is a Godzilla versus Kong movie coming out really? next year. Yeah. Is this I think I subtly heard that so No, like there's a Skull Island where Kong is Ugh. and then the end credits were all about Kong and a Skull Island. Did But how is he a threat to He Godzilla? can't do anything because to he's Godzilla. Just an infant. He is still growing. Honestly, Ken Watanabe is probably a bigger threat to Godzilla than King Kong. <laughs> but like, but like even, if, even if King Kong is still growing, he, he needs to get like four times the size yeah. to even be regard anything yeah. near. A I, here's the thing: I saw an infographic on it, and they like get they use like I guess relative heights to figure out who was where. And like in the infographic, it showed where Kong was in like 1978 in the in Skull Island, and he's like up to Godzilla's knee. And you're just like, what is this? He's gonna go through a, a lot massive can in growth 40 spurt. years. Well, that's well, the way it's been explained to me, or that I've understood it, is that he's basically like right before he he if he was a human, right before he hits puberty. So like he's about to have a huge growth spurt now. If it's God's, I didn't double in size in puberty. <laughs> you just didn't do puberty right, Daniel. I mean, you just didn't do it right. Yeah, you, you still can't grow facial hair. I know that's yeah. Well, 
Hey, that's our. That's, we all have our crosses to bear. <laughs> that's 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 how you knew uh, King Kong was entering puberty. Mm-hmm. He was starting to get hair all over the yeah, place. Y- y- who knew? Who knew? <laughs> yeah, not great. I think that the worst thing about this movie is you can read between the lines and see the promise of what could have yep. been. Mm-hmm. Like it's so frustrating. Some of the monster fights. If you could just fast forward through all of the Kyle Chandler mm-hmm. family drama stuff. Like, you have the makings of a really great movie with some great moments in it, and it's it's just right there, and you can't watch there's, this movie that you want. <laughs> so... There's a lot of great monster sequences and, like, set pieces. Uh, the music is really good because it's all, like, throwing back to classic things. Then you get, uh, and, like, even the end credits are kind of supposed to be fun, and it's showing, like, there's even, like, fake BuzzFeed articles from, like, this world with monsters. And they have a r- new version of the Blue Oyster Cult song, Godzilla. And, like, it is the fun credits to a movie we did not see. Yes. Absolutely. And and it just, it bugs it, me. I, I, and as someone who, I know, Daniel, you're a huge fan of Godzilla. I think that, that has yeah. to be incredibly disappointing because you see that promise and potential. <laughs> And they just kind of mm-hmm. like, well, here's Coach Tyler, and here's it, Eleven, it's and one, here's it's one, yeah, it's one of those. And Beth can back me up on it because we both grew up watching Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I wanted so badly to like mm-hmm. it, and because I saw so much promise there, and I love these creatures, and all of the monsters have more personality than any of the humans. Mm-hmm. Ghidorah's like, three individual heads have more personality than some of the humans. Yep. <laughs> so. And it's just like, I saw it, like, this has all the building blocks for the Godzilla movie I've always wanted, and it just dropped mm-hmm. the ball. And I felt like the character I connected with the most was uh, Ken Watanabe's character, mm-hmm. Dr. Sarazawa, and... Like I think if you had focused more on him, this could have been the story of of a man and the monster he loved. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Godzilla is his wulu. Like yeah, he fuck. just. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Um. Let's see. Star Wars Galaxy Edge came out. Um. Uh. Well, came out's a weird it, thing. It, it's, it's a theme it park. It, it, it exists so, now. Uh, it's a new Star Wars theme park at Disneyland. If if Bill, if I thank you. If I can plug my podcast for a little bit, we actually just had Adam Garcia uh, from Yahoo who actually got to visit Galaxy's Edge, and he Humbleberg. and he like gave his breakdown of it and building a lightsaber and doing all that kind of stuff, and it was really really cool to hear it. Uh, Trey and I are gonna go hopefully in September or October when it op- uh, when it opens in Orlando, um, but. If I'm am taking donations to fund my trip down there, <laughs> um, because just building a lightsaber, and this hurts me to say, building your own lightsaber is two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a lot. Which I'm willing to pay as long as you send me the money, and it's not my own money. You know what I'm saying? So just there's a there's a change yeah, petition to get, get Bill, Bill a lightsaber. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's gonna be great. Everything I've heard about it. Uh, is wonderful, and I can't wait to visit it. And I know a lot of you guys can't either. So yeah, I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you should listen to Bill's podcast. It's a lot of fun. Hey, I listen uh, to it on my way to work. Beth, <laughs> stop it. 
<laughs> what a what a lovely lovely gal. And now for a topic for me and David, and I guess Beth too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Bill. Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> Heard of it. Heard of it. <laughs> uh, they've re- they've announced there's going to be a new or there there's a new movie in the works. I think is that the case, David? Yes, it, there it's in it, it's in development now. Okay. But they, they specifically said after Broly, we're not going to go strong. We're going to go different direction, which leads us to the manga character Moro. Uh, more, it's because a lot of people are thinking like, well, maybe it's like Boo. It's a magical villain, something like that. Moro is in the I think current arc. I'm a little behind on the manga. Um, the it's a Galactic Prisoner arc. Basically, he was this prisoner who's been captured for like. Mal- thousands upon thousands of years but like he's magical so he doesn't really age but he has all these crazy magical powers which makes him an interesting threat to Goku and Vegeta who solve things by punching me punch good yeah so it creates a you have a need for some smarter heroes maybe to stop a smarter villain which might give other characters a chance to show maybe like Bulma Maybe like Balma, maybe like Gohan. Hell, you, finally, hell, you can actually put Krill in there because he's clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's good at manipulating key. Yeah, he's really good. Like you can give all your side characters time to shine because Tien's really smart. Well, and you have you have some people like Roshi who like Roshi helped develop like the Mafuba, which is designed to hey, I'm not strong enough to fight that guy, but I can capture him, and then we're done. Is this what it's like to be my girlfriend when I talk about Star Wars? Jesus Christ. (laughs) What are you guys talking about? (laughs) Wow. Can you say Frieza just so I can understand something about Frieza, Frieza, Frieza. I understand. I understood that reference. I I have not... um, been keeping up as much with Dragon Ball Super recently because, um, uh, like David, uh, my the teens I work with are in that stage where they like Dragon Ball Super, but it's not cool to like Dragon Ball Super because everybody likes Dragon Ball Super, the, and so what? it's like <laughs> so we can't be seen liking Dragon Ball Super, but These we'll totally hide behind the bookshelves yeah. and read it. So it's. But so wait, it's not cool. It's not cool because everyone likes it. Isn't it the definition of cool is because everyone likes it? Well, being teen, being no. a teenager is weird. It's it's a difficult yeah. time. So. <laughs> and they have my hero academia, oh, that, that's, which is that's also true. fantastic. And and that's sort of taking up most of the oxygen in in teen fandom at my library anyway. So. Yeah. And in teen fandom across the world. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but just to keep it short, again, like we're, I'm expecting it to be Moro. I would imagine because he's the current villain oh, and he's he he makes sense. Although he would probably do so much better as a saga than a movie. Eh, maybe, but it, it's got to be direction because you're getting to a point where you, they're literally competing against gods of destruction. So like, yeah, you, you got to go somewhere else. I I think I think they definitely need to have a villain that is not just punch real good. <laughs> 
Um, and for the benefit of Bill and any non-Dragon Ball fans, uh, Dragon Ball Super is mostly a show about strong people punching other strong people with different attacks. Beth, and Beth. they shirtless strong people <laughs> punching uh, other shirtless well, strong people. Daniel, Daniel only when they power up to the max. That's that's <laughs> yes, the that's only time that happens. Um, so it's... <laughs> and... Basically, it sounds like they're going to try to make it not as much about punching. I'm sure that it will still end with shirtless guys punching each other. But if memory it's... serves, I think there's a couple points in the early parts, especially of the manga, where it's like they somehow just raw power their way through his magic. And I'm just like, of course they do. <laughs> yeah. You absolutely know Goku's going to raw power his way through it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a there like there are some good fun character moments though if they're doing that arc, and you also get an excuse to have Jocko, the Galactic Patrol. Yeah, as I love Jocko, who is just a super funny character. Yeah. And uh, oh, what, did you have something, Beth? Oh, and I was just saying I kind of love the idea of like Bulma and some of the smarter Dragon Ball characters sort of in a room together, like planning a heist or planning how to stop the villain. Like it's, <laughs> I don't think it would ever happen. But it would be fun. <laughs> it would be it would be nice to see. And last but certainly not least, and we're not gonna go spoilers here since I'm not sure who all seen it. Good Omens on Amazon oh, it's is so really good. really good. It's so uh, good. based on a novel by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. If you've never read any of their stuff, go fix that. Go read it. Uh, good Omens is a great place to start. <laughs> Uh, it's got an amazing cast: Michael Sheen, David Tennant, John Hamm, Francis McDormand, Jack Whitehall. I, it's super funny and like really good. It also has a lot of really wonderful British character actors in it that you'll recognize from a myriad of shows. Yeah, and... it's oh, it's that guy from Sherlock. Yes. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, uh, Spoonaduke Gumberbluch. No, not <laughs> it's one of the one of the side characters from Sherlock. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. The I Hobbit? think he played he played uh, Lestrade, no. I think. No, uh, not, he no, didn't play not Lestrade. Lestrade he, the, he played uh, the mortician, or not not the, the mortician, mortician yes. the crime the crime scene analyst. Yeah, the the crime analyst who really hated Sherlock, but um. Yeah, I cannot remember his name. <laughs> I I don't either. <laughs> but it, it's it's clever and funny and charming. It is basically just an angel and a demon working together to stop the end of the world. Yes, it's an angel and demon that have sort of fallen in love with humanity and Earth, and they decide to try to stop Armageddon by um, raising the Antichrist themselves. And uh, they realize... And trying to make him good. And ah. trying to make him good, or at least, you know, just neutral... But unfortunately, they realize a bit, you know, 11 years too late, they have mislaid the Antichrist. They do not know where he is, so they oh. have to find him oh, in the good. final yes. five days of the world. So it's, it's yeah. you know, sometimes it's it's your wallet. Sometimes it's, you know, the destroyer of worlds. You just, everyone loses something sometime. They might want to check the White House, am I right, ladies? <laughs> Getting political. Oh, oh, we're gonna get some comments from that one. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. 
And on Bill's totally woke joke there, we're going to wrap up. That's a original Bill Sheehy woke joke. <laughs> woke jokes. <laughs> All right. Bill, if people want more of your woke humor, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Star Wars Bill. I also have a podcast if you're into woke jokes like that. Uh, it's called Skywalking Through the League, where I... Skywalking Through Skywalking the League? Skywalking Through the League. Uh, we have a name change, actually. It just happened. Um, and we cover Star Wars and basketball. We haven't covered basketball since October, so it's just... A, it's... <laughs> well, nothing's happening in basketball yeah, right now. There's no NBA Finals or anything about. to talk about. Um, so yeah, we just cover Star Wars. We just really like the name. Uh, <laughs> So follow us on Twitter at SkywalkingTL, and be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Uh, we don't have a YouTube, but do it anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. Uh, yeah, listen to us on uh, Spotify or iTunes or Google Play. We're there. So thank you for having me once again, Daniel. And I'm assuming this is my last episode of Nerds for Normal People. So it was thank you for having me. David, do you have anything to plug? Sure, if you want to hear me say not woke jokes and probably make fun of Apple some more, uh-huh. uh huh, you can find me at at the David Hood. Oh, I, I forgot. I meant to add that in as a topic because I got rants sent to my phone when Apple announced that by by me. Yeah, you were just texting me. You're like, "How dare they charge that much for a 6K monitor?" I'm more pissed that they charge that much and they don't include a stand for it. That is that is really shady. If you want to buy a stand for it, you have to pay an extra thousand dollars. Well, those stands, those stands are so expensive. David, are you paying like a dollar per pixel for this television? Someone like, read my yeah. damn tweet. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought I remembered you saying that, and I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, if you want, if you if you want to, if you want the stand to go with it, you're basically paying a dollar per pixel, <laughs> which is absolutely outrageous. That is ridiculous. I saw someone who was like, "I was ho- I was just hoping they'd announce some budget computers, like in the four to five thousand dollar range." I was like, "What? That's not budget." <laughs> oh Jesus! I hate Apple so much. I, I don't even hate the product. I just hate the company. I get that. <laughs> I have Apple products. I'm like, I like these particular products, yeah, like, but man, they're, they're phones, that company. They're tablets, yeah, they're good. They're overpriced, but they're good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want more of his Apple hot takes, you know where to find them. <laughs> Jesus. Beth, do you have anything to promote? I'm at Dunce Librarian on uh, Twitter. And, D-U-N-S uh, librarian. <laughs> D-U-N-S librarian, yes. Yeah. Not D-U-N-C librarian. <laughs> Although the pun is there. So I mostly reblog library news and things, but um, I'll occasionally post different things. But um, And also just don't forget to uh, check out your libraries this summer. The summer reading program is going on, and they usually have a lot of prize drawings and other <laughs> things going on. Dang, are you just signed through my summer reading program spiel? That is extremely rude. No, I was taking a deep breath. <laughs> okay. Also known as sign, but... 
<laughs> You're right, because I have no history with libraries. <laughs> but no, it does it does help your local libraries if you register for summer reading. Those stats look really nice, and it helps show um, our political leaders that libraries are still wanted and needed. I saw a report that American libraries were visited over a billion times last year Whoa. in total. So. Woo. Uh, libraries are going nowhere, but so check them out. I've heard of them. Excellent. <laughs> You've heard of them? Good. I've heard of them, Good. yes. <laughs> Good. Excellent. We're conquering Jeopardy and then the world. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, you can follow this show on Twitter. <laughs> I was going to edit that out, David. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I did it. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Sorry, I'll take a deep breath. <laughs> I'm I'm so nervous now that you all are gonna do it. As always, you can follow the show at Nerds for Normal. That's nerds the number four normal. <laughs> Um, you can follow me at <laughs> you can follow me at Daniel Dunstan on Twitter. <laughs> uh, feel free to check us out. <laughs> and as always, this has been a train wreck, and it's also been nerds for normal people. <laughs> See you, nerds. Oh. <laughs>